hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about? Today we're going to discuss William Castle's 1954 The Saracen Blade. Ooh. Hour and 16 minutes. <laughs> Michael. What are we going to be drinking today? Ah, today we are drinking the Toasted Coconut Porter from Jubeck New World Brewing. They sponsored this. Thank you, Jubeck. They also sponsored Witchfinder General. That was their oh. English pub ale, which was, I love that beer. Two historic epics. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Historical figures in them. Uh, yeah, this, I was back and they gave me this. Um, talked to the, the founder. You know, it's a great little spot. I love this place. They're a nano brewery which means like they're making super small batches. Uh, just did an expansion, and I haven't seen it yet. So when we go home next time, I'm looking really forward because they got more taps. They got some cask ales on tap. They've got a side pour system for their lagers. I'm super excited. Good people. They make great beer. How are you liking this, the That's coconut good. porter? This is nice, like right? It. Yeah, toasty. There's a nuttiness. Yeah, toasty and nutty. Well, when you sip it, it's chocolatey. Yeah. Co- I like chocolate macaroon. Since we're in the holiday season, are you going back? Oh, yeah. Coming going back very soon? Going back soon. Going back very... But when this comes out, we'll be about a month from going back. Yeah. And, and, of course, I I will probably be posting some pictures from uh, Beer Ventures. Absolutely. I've got them, I've got them lined up. Nice. It is going to be a beer-soaked... I'm going back for like a couple of weeks this time. Oh, nice. And Jubek will be one of the main stops. Oh, this is... Stops plural. Like I will, I will go there. I mean, it's because it's right downtown. It's like easy to get to. It's right there, and I love going there. It's like my family will meet there. It's just, it's just a good vibe. What they want is, um, they want people to bring their kids, families. They want, they make it kind of like the the public house atmosphere. So it's very cool. They play vinyl, which I love. They got a great music selection of albums, so they'll just play some vinyl. Huge fan of that, and great beer. It's just a good vibe, real homey. This is tasty. Should look at the beer. Four point eight percent. Just fine with me. So it's that creamy portion that reminds me of, help me here with sodas. Not root beer, but... Cream soda? Cream soda. Cream soda. That's the, oh. that's the sense I get. Okay. One of the things I really like about it is you get the coconut, but it doesn't overwhelm. Yeah. It sort of accompanies yeah. the toasted chocolatey porter. Because sometimes you get a coconut beer and it's just like, hey, you want coconut? Yeah. And it's just they shove coconut all up in your it's business. It's like drinking sunscreen. It is, and, I, and I'm not a fan of that. I like the balance. This, so this is really good. Spot on. But I thought, you know, because this is taking place, you know, like a lot of adventures and stuff, and I was thinking coconut. <laughs> Why not? It, it, not in <laughs> Italy. I don't think coconuts are in Africa. But sparrows carry them all the time. They do, <laughs> which is hilarious <laughs> because there are a couple Monty Python moments in this Absolutely. that made me laugh. <laughs> this is your choice. Yes. Let's see. I, I, what I want to know, I'd like to know, have you seen it before? And why did you pick it? Good question. I've never seen this before. I picked it because on our B-movie adventure together, we have to at one point cover the swashbuckler historic epics. So that was always on my list. Like, we got to get one of those somewhere at some time. Yeah, absolutely. And then two, we were thinking about doing some specials. And we did, we've done our film noir, we've done our slasher, we've done our zombie. At one time on my special list, I was like, William Castle special. Because eventually we're going to have to cover more of William Castle. He was like the king of B-movies. 13 Ghosts, House on Haunted Hill. Yep. I mean, a long list. Zots. So I saw that he made a swashbuckler movie for Columbia. Perfect. That's going to go on the list. And it has Ricardo Montalban. 
Con. I'll tell you, man, it's like it's pretty cool to see him. I mean, I grew up Fantasy Island in Con. Yeah, always absolutely. a handsome fella, but I mean, seeing him like he has a presence. Like yeah. he carries himself. There's just like this ease of, of he's so comfortable in his own skin. He's charming. He's like charismatic is is the word. Absolutely. So he's great. You just you watch him and you're like you go, Oh, I see why he was a big deal. And he makes this movie watchable. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that out of the way. <laughs> now if you're a history fan, you already know. <laughs> Do you want to do it now? Do you want? <laughs> Jason's got beef. Jason's got beef. I, I got a small, <laughs> small beef. And it has nothing to do with this movie. It has to do with, like, it's not that it wasn't easy to find. It's available on YouTube. But yeah. if you're looking for anybody writing about this or picture this, it, for some reason, it's just, it's not out there. Even the Wikipedia page. Yeah. The, the, I, I looked it up, and the production section is, like, one paragraph. Yeah. And it says William Castle, and, oh, this was a pain in the butt. It was, yeah. like, three years of this. <laughs> And I went, whoa, how does this happen? I'd like to know. I was curious. And he said working with Ricardo Montalban was great. That was really all you get. That's it. And so you see people copying information over time and over time. And this takes place around basically from like 1194 with the birth. Do I have the birth of Frederick II correct? Probably to around 1220 or something like that. The Sixth Crusade period. Frederick II was a true historical figure. And so therefore, it would be like this movie takes place roughly during the 13th century, be the appropriate way to say it. But you see people copy information. Also, you start seeing what this movie takes place during the 15th century, the 14th century. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? Just do your research just a little better. This That's all I'm asking. That's it. I'm off. That, it is that, not historically accurate. It is based on a book by Frank Yerby, who wrote some bestsellers at the time, and he had a number one movie in 1946 based on one of his bestsellers. So, And he wrote these historic epic epics, and I think he was a native of Georgia, but I think he spent the rest of his life in Spain. So I'm off my beef. So. That's Jason's beef. There, there you go. Just do some research, people. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, yeah. you want to just like do quick... Quick overview. We are focusing on the life of Pietro Donati. We're gonna, I'm going to slaughter yes. a lot of these names. Oh, we, we went over it before, and we're, I think we're, you know, instead of saying someone's name, they call him the Count, yes. so we call him the Count. And he is born to a poor blacksmith, and therefore a subject of a vassal of an emperor, a count, a barony. And his whole life, he is wronged by a family, the Siniscolas. And so this whole life is about revenge against this family. But also a romance. It is. And a grand adventure. Yeah. And, and, it, and there's, a, there's a touch of like Alexander Dumas, I, I felt. I, and that might be just like so obvious. But it is line. one man who's, you know, a lowborn. Because <laughs> in the opening voiceover, there's just a great line. I don't know if you wrote it down. It, it goes, in the dark ages, there's one sin a man can never hope to be forgiven. And that's being born a common man. I, no, I wrote that born a common man. That's like a t-shirt. It's not even it's not even being born a common man is a bummer. It's like you will never be forgiven. <laughs> like you've done something wrong. And he's born on the same day as Frederick II. First five minutes of this movie, you get two Monty Python moments yes. because the opening credits are a book. It's like you're turning yeah. the page. Kept waiting for the gorilla hand to come yeah. in. And then you got our main character is born on the same day, like right down the street yeah. from a, a, an actual historic famous person. Yeah. So it's the life of Brian. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had something like we discussed, because Frederick II becomes the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire at that time. So like the, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. And, and he took place, like his, I think his life took place during the period of the fifth 
the Fifth Crusade to the Sixth Crusade. I think he was considered a renowned emperor, like ahead of his times. But the, you know, the character in the he movie was is, the nicest emperor in the exactly. history of emperors. I, I mean, mean, I want an emperor like that. Oh, I dude! Like, yeah. I mean, I, I always like to think I, if I was an emperor, I'd be that guy. Yeah, I would be, I wouldn't be the mean one. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's Not super nice. Oh, you, you know what? If your carriage broke down, you want this guy riding by because he'll stop and help you. But do you think like the opening scene is the mother of Frederick II because this is going to be a heir to it, a very massive empire? She had her birth publicly, so it's it's like like when we go and watch so that movie, nobody switches it out. Yeah, like the, that must have been a thing back then. Is you just switching babies out? Like somebody yoinks your baby yeah. and puts my you know club footed baby in there. I imagine stuff. that would happen, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so we. Well, I mean, of course, we get introduced to these people. That that's happening, and Isaac is a big deal, an important character. Yeah, I think he is. I don't know if he's at the same level. The as master. Account. Yeah, he's called he's, master, but he seems like a good. He's like middle, high, upper middle class, I yeah, guess, maybe, exactly. because he... You know, Vassal he, Lord, I don't know what the name would be. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and, and Pietro's mom and dad are showing up for... They, I think they work for him. Yeah, oh yeah, he, he told, the dad told he's a yeah. blacksmith, he's like, hey, Isaac says, you know, you're, you're making candlesticks for me, and you could be making swords and all the other cool things, and he's like, dude, I like working for you, bud. Yeah. You know, and the mom's pregnant, has the baby, so we get the life of Brian going on for and the she, life of Pietro. And she starts a fever... And so Isaac and the dad decide that they're going to go. Bad choice. Neck, yeah. It doesn't take two of you. Isaac says, we need a healer. I know. And his dad goes, I'll go too. And he's like, dude, you don't want to go. Like there's something, some reason. And sure enough, they run into Count Alessandro Sinascola for the first time. And he is the nemesis, the villain of the story. It's good casting too, because that guy just has a look about him. Yeah, and he, he really he easy was a to major dislike. character actor too. Like I, they have this dialogue where like you're still under contract to me. You still owe me time. You like, used to work for me, and then you ran away when I needed you because I was in a battle with some folks. And he says it's been over a year, so I don't work for you. Yeah, I didn't and understand it, the contractual law that was going. I on. don't either. But basically, Isaac's like, eh, it looks like he's right. And so Isaac comes back. Not, also, not with the healer, or I'm assuming that's no, no. You're right. He, he, he doesn't. He just he goes. I guess I'm not getting that yeah, healer. Exactly. He's like, well, the dad's gone. Well, it would have been wasted money anyway because he gets back and the mom's already yeah, dead. So like, they're like, what do we do with the baby? And then does it make sense that he takes Pietro and then he moves to at the time, which was considered a separate state, Sicily, and he raises Pietro. I don't know why he had to move. I'm not sure either. I mean, they, we didn't get the backstory. I mean, maybe he has a couple of homes. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's that's a good question. Yeah, anyway, they're in, they're in Sicily. And, of course, Pietro grows up to be a, a very handsome yes. young man. Yes. He's a good-looking dude. And he just have, he's very physical. Yeah. Very physical and he's, athletic. He's angry. He's, his whole life is about revenge against this family. He, he makes some choices. Yeah. A lot of his choices... He's seeking revenge on these Cinescolas. Yeah. They captured my dad yeah. and killed my mom, essentially, in a exactly. way. You know? Caused me not to be raised by my parents. Pietro, you know, he's fighting, he's sparring, and this is where you get the title of the movie. Because the whole time I'm like, why is it called the Saracen Blade? I know that the Saracens was a term used during this time period, during the Crusades, to refer to Muslim Arabs. Why is this movie called the Saracen Blade? His sparring partner said something like, you're strong like the Saracen Blade. <laughs> Is that why it's called the Saracen Blade? I mean, there's no I, other reference at I all. I guess, yeah. It's not like he's Saracen. Yeah. Something he's... 
No, because he makes it quite clear that he is, you know, he practices Christianity and that the church is important to him. It was the one line where I'm like, is that why we have the title? I mean, I didn't read the book, but no. anyway. He's being offered to go fight, and he says, no, no, I, I'm, I'm waiting. I don't want to go fight your, your rebellion or whatever. I want to, so I get my revenge. And Isaac goes, hey, your waiting's over. Yeah. I think we can buy your dad's freedom. Isaac goes a different route, where he's kind of doing the business political thing. I'm going to buy his freedom. And so they go, and of course they meet the Cinescolos because his dad had started an uprising. Funny. And it's funny because the uprising, somehow they start the uprising within the keep or castle boundaries. They must have taken it over? Yeah. Because, yeah, we go and we get some stock footage from a, a bigger budget movie. It's a completely different you know, film stock, completely different look. You can just see like catapults doing and stuff, and they go, they Cinescolos, and, and he says, you know, we want to buy his freedom, and, and they're like, we can let one guy go, but we're, we're going to kill the rest. Yeah. And he goes, well, I'll, I'll go in. And they go, oh, oh, hey, good luck. Our best knights haven't yeah. been able to get in there. So old Pietro just rides up with the flag and says, hey, hey, I'm his son. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, throw down the rope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no questions. Yeah. Like, uh, all the other knights are like, yeah, I should have thought of that. But he, he does. He, he goes in and his dad is just up there, oh, pointing an arrow like he's patting. <laughs> Oh, put your backs into it. Beer and, <laughs> and he's just staring. It's super funny because Pietro's just staring up at his dad, and you know, oh, hey. And like he's going to recognize him. He saw you the moment you were born. It's 20 years later. He's been a surf. They end up having a they chat. Do, yeah. He comes yeah. out. Yeah. What's your name? <laughs> and it's funny because Pietro is really, I, I thought that since this battle was again, and, and Pietro wants to fight. And at the same time, his dad's like, no, no, you truly are my son. Fight. This isn't your fight. And he cold cocks him. <laughs> Which is great. It really is. It's a great, his dad throws a pretty good punch. Nice. he says, set him outside the wall. Yeah. Just, you know, because he's trying to save his life. He's like, we're all going to die. We're not going to win this fight. They're not even going to put us in prison. Yeah. We're all going to die. Yeah. And I'm not going to have that for you. They're you, martyrs. You go. Over a longer battle. I, I kept waiting for Harry Dean Stanton yeah. from Red Dawn. Avenge me! <laughs> Avenge me! <laughs> they beat down the rebellion. Hung everyone from trees. He's walking. He sees. I think it's his dad. And this, or is it Isaac? We talked about this. Yeah. We're not sure. We don't know what happened to Isaac, but we know his dad was getting hung. Yeah, we know his so, dad was getting hung. And we know that after the scene, Isaac. He's lost Isaac as well. So the yeah. question is like, the Cinescolas might have just turned down and said like, well. You're on our bad side, too, so we yeah. might as well get rid of you since you're here. Yeah, and you got that ship of gold coming, yeah, so when so that comes, we're just going to take exactly. it. That's how, that's how this works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he is, he's just all bummed. I mean, there's just bodies hanging from trees. You mentioned it, happenstance. So much yeah. that happens to this guy, his, his whole life is just circumstance. Exactly. He is not the player in his life. Things happen to him that move his revenge plot along. He is not moving the plot himself. Because he he overhears there's a guy and his daughter. Because he just wandered. <laughs> the like, Roglianos. Yeah. Well, it's, what I love is that these people are sitting there, this guy, Rogliano and his daughter, Yolante, they're sitting there looking at all these bodies hanging from trees, and they go, oh, yeah, man, these Cinescolas stink. Boy, when I get enough guys, we're going to show them. And I thought, do you really want to be saying that out loud on this road? If yeah. someone overhears you, you could be in some trouble. It moves the plot because Pietro hears this and he goes, wait, they're of a like mind. He goes over and says, hey, I, I lost my master. I'd love to work for you guys. 
and he's got a pretty good resume. That's what's got a better resume than me. He speaks like five languages. He's good with numbers and a chamber pot. And, <laughs> Chamberlain. 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 I think it's Chamberlain. <laughs> so he could be all sorts of things. And he can fight. Yeah. And so the dad at first goes, oh, your master's dead, so you got no one to recommend you. And the daughter goes, I'll recommend him. Because yeah. she's seeing, she's like, Ricardo Montalban is coming yeah. over. I'm going to recommend him. And so know, they take him in. Yeah. And that was the actress's Betta St. John, yeah. who we last talked about in episode 58, City of the Dead. She played uh, Patty Russell. She was the antique book dealer. She, you know, her her grandfather was the yeah, reverend. yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, she looks familiar. Well spotted. <laughs> so of course, we get the the montage because he's working for them. Scribing. He's fighting. Yes, he's <laughs> fighting. She's watching him. She's teaching people how to knit, and he walks by and stops. And it's like the little love montage. Yeah. You go, oh, I think these two are falling in love. Oh yeah. It's but, the 1950s kiss where they kiss once and then they turn and they just nuzzle and they're like, I love you. <laughs> and, you know, but it's like in this time it's not going to work because yeah. he was born a common man exactly. and he can't be forgiven. She wants to buck the system. She says, hey, dude, I don't care that you're a common man. I will run away with you. And Venice seems to be the, which Venice is still a cool place, yeah. but Venice is the spot because apparently a common man can go there and be forgiven and make a bunch of coin and live a groovy life. So they have a plan. She does. Yeah. But he said, you know what? I told your dad, it's basically, I'm going to be here until I can fight the Cinescolas yeah. and avenge my family. Yeah. And he says, like, we only have two paths in life. You get to marry someone wealthy and rich, and I will fight the Cinescolas. And that's really all we could ever hope for. Which I thought was kind of a downbeat thing at that point. But then the Cinescolas arrive, and he's like, wait a second. What's up with that? You guys you know, just said yesterday, which probably was like weeks, you, months. Yeah. yeah. If they stink. And it's quite clear that they're going to, the Baron and Count Alessandro Sinascola, they are going to forge an alliance. Yeah. And what do you need to have an alliance back at that time? What do you do to form an alliance? Marriage. (laughs) This castle. I built it in a swamp. Everyone said I was daft. (laughs) Sunk into the swamp. The second one sunk into the swamp. Third one burnt down, fell over, and sunk in. Enzio, yes. the son of the Count, who I took uh, after watching it, watching it, the show Psych, I was like, oh, it's Lassiter. That's, <laughs> it was driving me nuts. I kept seeing this guy, and I went, he reminds me of someone. And then it dawned on me one time. I went, oh, yeah. The actor's name was Rick Jason. He yeah. was in combat with Vic Morrow, and they'd flip who led. I used to watch combat. So anyway. But so it's, it's the politician and yeah. the Baron. He's yeah. like, you know, uh, I hated them until I realized I can't beat them probably. Yeah. And it makes more sense to join them. Yeah. He's got great news yeah. for everyone but Yolante. Bursts into a room and when she's in bed and just started, I got great news, great news. You're going to marry Enzio. And she, she went, I don't want to. I want to marry a man I love. And he's, well, better not be a common man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what he did was historic because he's thinking long term. He's like, this is going to cost me a huge dowry. He goes, oh. But my grandson will become a ruler of a large area. No, so that's they're thinking. That's how they the, thought. The, that was probably historically accurate because you aren't. You will make an alliance with yeah. somebody you hated last week. Yeah. That stuff went on. It is what it is. Then we meet Elaine. Yes. Carolyn Jones, who is Morticia Adams. She's good looking and she's great. Oh. High, the best character. high point of this movie is watching her and Ricardo Montalban because their their dialogue, when you listen to it, has a very film noir kind of patter yeah. and like back and forth zingers, one-liners to each other because she shows up and she's apparently the, the dish of the empire. Like yeah. everybody wants 
to be around Lady Elaine. Yeah. And so Yolante... Including her uncle. <laughs> yeah. Or was, is it uncle or cousin? Something. It's just, yeah, it's a two, two related. So she seems like she's the same age as Enzio, who is yeah. Count's son. So I was like, what? Yeah, because I think she refers to him as cousin. I mean, that's something... They're too related. Yeah. Too related to be doing this business. And I think that's how a lot of things were done back then. It's true. <laughs> she wants to tour, and you're going to go see the stables. She's very cunning. She's probably the sneakiest of all the sneaks in this yeah. movie. She's the one I would not want to play poker with. No. No. Because she picks up that Yolante is not too jazzed about this Enzio thing. And probably has a lover on the side. Well, why would you not be happy with yeah. the arrangement unless there is an arrangement? So she goes, oh, I'm going to find out. And she bursts into every single room. Like the Spanish Inquisition. We're, we're, we're going to go door to door in this castle. She's like, we ain't going to no stables. <laughs> nobody, nobody expects Lady Elaine. Until they come across Pietro doing his scribing. Boom, and she goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why did it take so long to come to this room? And that's when they go back and forth a little bit. They have some great lines, but it's awesome, Jason. She does face change because she's all, she thinks he's the son of some lord. And so she's all about him making eyes. And then he says, no, nah, my dad was a blacksmith. And she does this face change that is priceless. It probably slips by a lot of people. It is, no, I wrote it down it's fantastic. Yeah. She's all like googly eyes yeah. and then just dead, ice yeah. cold. Oh, my God. God, like I feel dirty that I even was making eyes at this handsome fellow. It's awesome. It's one of those things when you meet somebody and you're like, I really like it. And I'm talking about the beer. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. She is pretty dishy. The toasted coconut porter warming up a little bit, and I'm just gives me more of that chocolate. It's yeah. Nice and smoky. There was these macaroons that were dipped in chocolate and it had a subtle coconut taste. That's the taste I get. The thing is with me with coconut, if it's like the shaved coconut. That's what it is. That's I'm not. It's a thing with me. Right. I, I like coconut flavor. I like coconut milk. I like a fresh coconut. But the dried, shredded coconut, it just really has a thing. This might change you. I will give it a try. <laughs> this, is, this is good. This is really nice. I may have to see if they have more when I go back. I'll be bringing a lot of beer back. Nice. It's yeah. always a sign of a good trip. Absolutely. <laughs> Just looking at the receipts and going, that's what I spent on beer, and uh, this is what I got sponsored for the podcast, and then this is what it costs to ship it. <laughs> so, yeah, but Enzio knows that Yolante is not into him. He, he's trying, and Pietro is, is peeping on him, and that's when they decide, we're out of here. We're making a run. And they do it in what I think is a fairly dumb way. They're so casual. Like yeah. they, they run, her horse goes back. Then they're just walking uh, casually down the road talking about how cool Venice is going to be. In bright clothing, right in the middle, middle of the road. No urgency whatsoever. Like, they're not going to come after Nobody, us. Yeah, why would anybody <laughs> want to try to get Yolante back? <laughs> it's not like she's the linchpin exactly. of... A joining of two yeah. powerful families. It looks like they're just out for like a Sunday stroll. They deserve to get caught. They do. And they do. Yeah, the Cineskulls show up. Pietro is taken back to the castle, thrown to what amounts to as like your classic movie dungeon, but treated well. And then we have, and you're so, I was surprised. I'm like, oh my gosh, they do marry Enzio and Yolante are married in a ceremony. Oh, of course. That get that done fast. Right out 
Like, I mean, really, if she's escaping, it's like, no, no, we're not going to waste time. And Enzio's got plans yeah. with the jailer. And when they ca- capture those two, yeah. Enzio says to Yolante, I'm going to let you decide his fate. And he does. And it's really, really just mean because he allows her to help Pietro escape. And then he comes down and says, you decided his fate. We're going to hunt him. Yeah. Frederick's here. Yeah. And the most he, dangerous game style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they don't tell Frederick. They don't tell the emperor that you're, you're hunting human. We're, we're hunting something that's faster than a jaguar, faster than a boar and all this. So they're out for the hunt. And Pietro's running. What I love is he comes across a lane and he's hiding. And the hunting party comes along and he says, you know, if you say anything, I'll kill you. And so she doesn't. And then they have a little, another little moment, yeah. and you see where it's the love, hate, yeah. the moonlighting, David and Maddie, because he gives her a kiss, and oh, she yeah. goes, oh, my God, I can't believe he kissed me. How do I clean my lips? And he, again, it's really like, you can see Robert Mitchum delivering some of these lines. Yeah. And then when he takes off after that, you see her face change, and she's kind of, and you all things like she swoons. Oh, she kind of likes it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she's like, I'm bound by duty to hate this person, but whoa, come on now, he's Ricardo Montalban. And then we have another one of these scenes where, by happenstance, Pietro runs into our emperor. The emperor does not know what he's hunting right now. Just a mysterious, Just a mysterious game. thing. There's something in the bushes, and out jumps. Pietro. With his spear, because yeah. he throws the spear blindly into yeah. <laughs> one of the hit one of his men who was just like taking a leak. And yeah, but he goes, Hey, who are you yeah. to be raising a spear to you to your emperor man? And he explains everything, kills a boar that like I don't I don't know how dangerous that boar was gonna be. I mean I know boars are dangerous, but that, that looked like a really small boar. But kills a boar and he explains everything to the emperor and all of a sudden Frederick him, best buds, overnight they bond. We were born on the same day. You and me. Wait a second. You were over here at the same time? Oh, my gosh. You and me. <laughs> oh, to, to the point, Jason, where, like, Frederick applies some strange 12th century science yeah. where he goes, we were born at the same hour, which means we'll die at the same hour. Like, we, you watched. We, yeah, we need to have a hero with you at all times. I, I mean, oh, no, he's serious. He really actually thinks that's a deal. And later in the movie, he even says, he goes, I'm still alive, which means he's alive. Oh, okay. That is the time when they put the frog in your throat. I thought a frog was in there. It's like, but now clearly there's a change in time period. We're at the emperor's estate, and basically they're best buds. And he's letting Pietro know. Pietro kind of says, you know, hence it would be nice to like move up, you know. And he's like, well, <laughs> I'll give you the opportunity to become a knight. You come on the crusades with me. And he still, like, has heart. He still wants to get the Cinescolas. And Frederick says, there is no fighting among my lords and barons. That's how things used to be. Not, and not on my watch. And he's like, oh, that's going to. Yeah, he's like, I want to get married. And I have someone that would like your help in getting married, too. And when he tells him, Frederick just starts laughing because yeah. he goes, you're going to marry into the family of the people. He goes, I got to keep my eye on you. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. He's like, like, you're a rascal. Oh, my goodness. He's like, oh, man, you and me, we're alive. Oh, oh, oh. He, <laughs> he helps him scheme. Wants to, yes, and, and they do. Yeah. The emperor and him sort of run this nice little thing, a little game, and basically put her in a position where it's like, you're going to marry. Because the emperor can order it. And he sort of implies that's where it's going. 
and then he just goes, oh, I'm so glad you guys are getting married. And then, of course, the Sinisclose. And the Count's face is just great because he wanted to marry his cousin, yeah. which is just weird. <laughs> but normal, I guess, in that time. Frederick goes, hey, man, these two are getting married. Yeah. It's going to be so cool. And he knows. The thing is, it's Frederick. He knows what's going on here. He's being a, he's being a shyster. He's, yeah. he's being a, a, a rascal. He's being a total rascal about this. Yeah. And it's funny because he, he keeps saying... You got to keep the peace, but he's doing things that are needling. Yes, and so immediately they have the marriage, and Pietro and you got to have the marriage the before you go to the Crusades, yeah. bud. That was a really small chapel they had. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say one thing because it's marriage night, and he goes into Lane's bedroom. That's a great scene. It is. He he is just so charming, and it, he is because he's in her bed, and she's just like, oh no no no, and then you kind of get the vibe that she's goes, I am. And what's great, he tucks her in, kisses her on the head, and walks out. Yeah, exactly. It's so awesome. He just plays her, and she is just, oh, I'm back to hating him. Exactly. (laughs) Love, hate. And then we have our montage of crusade battles. You might have recognized that place from... Metal Storm, because that was where Metal Storm Destruction of Jared Sin. Oh, uh, it doesn't surprise me. I bet. And, and probably, you know, the Tom Petty video, You Got Lucky, you know? <laughs> Those people aren't really trying that hard to fight. I'm no, saying that. Jason, I'm, that's exactly where I'm going. Because if you look in the background, there are guys, and they're just holding, and they're just hit. They, they just gave. They said, "Dude, these are real swords. Yeah. Just hit the sword in the same motion. Yeah. That's how you fight. <laughs> so you just hold it up and smack each other's swords back and yeah. forth. These aren't Braveheart yeah. battle scenes. Is what this I'm trying is to say. This is a B movie. Columbia yeah. Pictures, like they're in there, they're out. Vasquez rocks close to you know within the thirty mile zone. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because every once in a while I was laughing because you look in the background, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, is that really how they battle, like, so close together? Or is that just because, they, like, we need to get you guys all, like, on? Yeah, you're not <laughs> using a real wide shot. It's not, you know, it's like 70 millimeter. Spread out, people. <laughs> Spread yeah, out. We're yeah. trying to conquer. No, we're doing close shots. <laughs> and this is turning a quick buck. Yeah. This is the time of epics. Yeah. There are epics coming out of studios left and right. Huge, sweeping epics. This was just, you know, we're not going to sink the dough into it. We're just going to try to caught up in their wake. You see the posters for this, and people go, oh, man, this is going to be like that other one. It's going to be like Ivanhoe. It is a time like that. He's got phys- moxie. That physical, the physicalness of the yeah. actor was a big deal. And, you know, actors were, you know, it's like when you, when you did acting, you were studying sword fighting. Yeah. It was very common. That was a common, like when you were going into acting school, it was like, dude, we're, you're taking a sword fighting class. The, the 50s was the last, that third great phase of swashbuckling movies, and this came out right in the middle of it. Tell right. the Princess Bride. <laughs> So I, know, I was going to mention it. Yeah, no, I was going to mention it. Yeah, I was going to mention it at some point. So, marriage. <laughs> we do have two in here, so it's worth repeating. Pietro saves the emperor in the battle, and so he gets knighted right there with all the tie, with everything that title. And they're also they're in, a, in the soup. Yeah, because he's oh, like, yeah. "You're not going to die." He's like, "We might not get out of this. Yeah. You're not going to die. You're going to die knighted." Yeah. And the Seneschals are uh, grinding their teeth constantly. And the emperor ends up, he gets hurt because there's another guy, the prince, who says, we're going to be leaving some folks. We're getting the hell out of here, but we're going to leave a small group, basically a sacrificial group to fight. And the Count, Count Siniscola volunteers him and his son, which I thought was a little odd. I know they wanted Pietro to be there because they want to just kill him. They're going to kill him, yeah. But at the same time, I thought it's a little odd if you're you're going, I'm going to be in the Suicide Squad. 
what was their plan? Yeah. Were they going to kill Pietro and then bail? I think so. Because that would have looked pretty pretty bad. I don't think the emperor would have taken kindly to being yeah. saying you just ran from the fight. So anyway, the the prince says, you know, Pietro, and this makes sense. He was just knighted. You guys are actually kind of important to the whole empire thing, so we're going to leave the new guy. Little man on the totem pole. Yeah, and, and and the count has a great line where he goes, when they're riding away because they're, they're just getting their butts kicked, and he looks back and says something along the lines of like, um, that's one promise I'm glad I kept. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not back there, Enzio. He doesn't get killed. He gets captured because they could sell him for like a thousand dinars yeah. at the slave place. And just one aside, during this period, Pietro had written a letter back, uh, got back to Yolante and Elaine. Elaine. Elaine's reading it. And oh, she's just nasty. She's just so nasty awesome. About so like that. He's like, at least he's been faithful. Yeah. Like, Do you want me to say hello? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, tell him I send my regards. <laughs> she's just needling. She's just being such a horrible person. Carol, Carolyn Jones is fantastic. Good, good job. Oh, she is great. She is so great at playing that unlikable, like, soap opera villain. And so, look, now Pietro, born as a common man, now in either North Africa or the Arabian Peninsula as a slave. He's going to be sold and a whole other set of adventures. He he starts fighting right away. He, and he saves Escaping, yeah. yeah. The was it Jarum? Is Harun? Harum? Yeah. yeah, he's like you know. And Zenobia is Zenobia the young lady. She's getting whipped. A couple more lashes, and you stopped. You willing to take him for her? And he's like, yes, of course, because he's a gentleman <laughs> and he's a hero. Yeah. So he takes those last lashes, and then Zenobia helps. They establish a bond, which is a kind of a strange thing. I don't know if in the book there's more of this because it seems like also he just he gets helpers. During the course of this, and I thought... Uh, I'm guessing it was. It must have been fleshed out. Yeah. I, I don't think it was... I, my guess is it wasn't because there was nothing romantic yeah. that we saw. She just went, this is a good person, and he's, he protects me. He's got a good heart. I kind of think this guy's going to come out on top. Yeah. You know? She buys... She buys... But she has to, like, pays a steep price. Yes. Because the, her room is like... First, he says, well, you're buying his freedom. You're, what, you're not going to see him again. And she goes, I thought two of us, all this I'm yeah. giving you... Yeah. And he goes, well, you know, how about, you know, you give me something. And she goes, okay. And he carves her face up. And I don't like, know if he was doing that because his ability to sell her was based off of her looks. Absolutely. Now, she was like, beautiful. I'm going to take your looks from you. That's part of the bargain. Well, also, I think he thought there was something romantic. So he yeah. says, you know, if you're going to go with him, we'll see how much he likes you. Yeah. He might go, oh, my God, you're hideous. Your face is all yeah. cut up and kick you to the curb. Now we cut away, and we're back with Count Alessandro Siniscola, and he is really talking to the emperor, saying, listen, he's just like, I really need Pietro declared dead, because then I can marry my cousin Elaine. Because the church said it's cool. Like, he'd been working, the church won't yeah. let me marry my relative, because the church went, you're gross. Yeah. But now the church went... That's all right. That's right. If you get him declared and, dead. And Frederick's, yeah. Frederick's reply is, you know, he's not dead. I'm not a, dead. And there's a seven-year rule. Like, yeah. you have to be missing from the uh, crusade for seven years before you can declare. And I don't know if that's true or not. No. It seems it, like but, but, but he also says, while Pietro's been gone, we made him a count of the Rogliano castle, which really honks him off because he's like, dude, that was mine. So this goal is all my, that was my, my place. He's like, don't worry, buddy. And so the count stomps, stomps off and he walks in onto Enzio, Elaine, and Yolante. And then all of a sudden, Pietro 
and Zenubia show up at the gates. Yeah. And we meet Giuseppe and Jason. There's only, yeah, this guy pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> Maybe he had a bigger part in the book. Yeah. But uh, there's one reason. Yeah. One reason we, we meet this guy because he kills Enzio. Yes. That's it. That's it. And you can't just have some rando kill a main character and yeah. save the main yeah. character. You got to have a name. Yeah. So it's Giuseppe. Hey, man, it's good to yeah, see you, Giuseppe. Giuseppe. And he's like, good to have you back, man. It's going to be like the olden days, but better. We're going to party hard. <laughs> Elaine now, she is, comes on to Pietro. She's like, listen. She sees. You've got a castle. Castle. The, the emperor digs you. Yeah. So that's probably one of the big things is she knows... He sort of doesn't, he's ambivalent about these Cinescolas, but he really loves. He took this common man and now made him a count. Yeah. And you got a title, you got money. And he's young. Man, and he's got, yeah. Good luck. And you, I'm not related. Yeah. And I'm not related to him. <laughs> yeah. That was like, <laughs> I don't know, 25th of the month. She's like, I'm going to make this marriage work. And it's one of my favorite lines, maybe my favorite line. <laughs> Because they do have it out. And he's not falling for it. And he says, I liked you much better when you hated me. Yeah. Boom. That's just, that's awesome. That's great. Um, a lot like this beer. Oh, yeah. Cheers again. Cheers again. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. This Quebec, is... thank you. This is yeah, fantastic man. beer. Jane, Jane calls me a beers day prepper. Because <laughs> it's like everywhere. One day. Yeah. She's like, you got st- beer stashed everywhere. I said, well, that's for the podcast. I can't have it mingling yeah. with drinking beer. Because I don't want to drink it. It's like, i got to save it for the podcast. She, she goes, I stashed, you stashed beer in closets. What's going on? So yeah, you too can be a Beer's Day prepper. Yeah, I love this. I love, really, really dig this. Um, I might just bring some back, some uh, other beer, just for drinking. And around the holiday times, like, this is a nice beer that, like, as we're moving into fall and winter. I mean, in Southern California, fall and winter is slightly different. But it does. Cool down. It does. This is a nice it's beer. It's been hitting the high 40s. Yeah. You know, it's a, at least here on the coast, it's been, yeah. I mean, yeah. It does, it's not the same. It's not, I mean, this particular weekend, Buffalo is supposed to get like three feet of snow. Yeah. They moved a football game to another city because they're getting so much snow. Yeah, that doesn't happen here. No, <laughs> it doesn't. But it, it is. It's it, jacket it, period here. And, <laughs> I, and, and I'm always of the opinion, it's like, I'll drink beers like this year yeah. round. But I do know that people have a feeling where, like, in the summer, they might not drink pork. This is the time you start cranking out, you know, your bigger, maltier, darker beers. And I totally understand that. that, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, nice, cool evening out up there in the valley, you know, because I know you can cool off. It can cool off. It's in the low 40s right now at night. This would be great. Oh, yeah. If you guys are just sitting out on your your porch, like as the evening was coming on. You're just like. Jacket on, sit out there with a little fire. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So. The count comes out after Pietro tells Elaine off. He's making one last pitch. He's like, I'm a pretty good catch. And she goes, she just cuts him in pieces. She, like, attacks his manhood, basically. You know, you're old, kind of not, you know, in favor with everybody, and you kind of stink. And I'm, this guy's young, hot, moving. He's upwardly mobile. You're kind of stuck. You're dated. And if people do this kind of crap, at the wrong place. They, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're always doing it like when you're away and from people, there's no one around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he kills her. It was a shocking to me. I'm like, whoa. I honestly did not see that coming. But, I mean, but you had to get rid of Elaine because you know it, at the end, yeah. he's going to be with Yolante. So you have to get rid of those guys. Yeah, it didn't surprise me. As that was going on, I'll be honest, as I was watching that, I went, Oh, this is how I'm getting rid of yeah. her because this guy's gonna kill her because she's just she is she's just cutting him yeah. cutting him deep. 
And Pietro, while he didn't love her, he's a man of honor. And it was his wife. It, she's dead because of me. It's my fault. I don't care what about Frederick's whole policy. I'm getting revenge on these Cinescolas. And he heads out with a, a war party he's going to yeah. descend on the Cinescola castle and siege it. Yolante goes to Frederick saying, listen, this is what's going to happen. And Frederick's like, if he does that, he'll have no protection for me. And he will lose everything. And so Yolante's like, she's on horseback now towards this battle. And she comes across Zenobia leaving the battle because Pietro said, I don't want you hurt. And then this is the last time we see Zenobia. And Zenobia, this is the big reveal, too, where you see what Harum did to yeah. her face. But Yolante's like, I'm still going to go and try to stop it. I'm going to ride right into this <laughs> pitched battle. This is great. I mean, terrible idea. Yeah. And, of course, Pietro's going, you know, he doesn't even seem to express shock that she's there. He's saying, get the hell out of here. He's just going, oh, I'm going to get my revenge. And Enzio and the Count are watching all this from on high. And, and the Count even sort of, like, pokes his... It's a strange scene when they're sitting there like, hmm, the yeah. battle is, like, going not too well for us. Yeah, and, and the Count even sort of, like, takes a dig at it. It's not even, hey, you're watching your woman with some other yeah. dude, too. <laughs> Oh, Dad, seriously. And then Enzio just hits him with a crossbow bolt. He does. He, he goes, I'm going to kill him. And Giuseppe, who we just met Thank two minutes ago, but he's, he's super... Cheers to Giuseppe. Cheers to Giuseppe. <laughs> yeah, he shoots Enzio with a crossbow. And the Count and Pietro, which, I mean, to me, it almost is backwards, where it's like, it should be Enzio and Pietro. They're yeah. of the same age. Like, that's the fight you kind of want to see. Yeah. But the Count comes down. They have a... Real hard, tense Sword fight. Fight. Yeah. You know Pietro's coming out on top. Oh, absolutely. I was surprised it took that long. It's one of the, the required sword fighting scenes that you had to have in your swashbuckling epic. You absolutely. had to have this at the end. He kills, of course, Jason. <laughs> the one thing this swashbuckler is missing, swinging from a rope. True. There is no rope swinging. Or like one of those and, wooden chandeliers in a castle <laughs> jump on you. Yes. Yeah, there's not a Yeah, no jumping off of like the second floor into a chandelier or a rope swing. So Frederick, he's mad. I mean, under other yeah. circumstances, I honestly think Frederick would kill the person. Yeah. I think they'd be like, "You're I'm putting you to death for what you just did." And he might die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is. It's a. It's a conundrum, isn't it? It's, it's a, I, I'm supposed to kill you. What he does? He's, he, yeah. He says, "Hey, buddy. You know, this, this is what's happening. You, you broke the rule, and now you got to pay. And how you're going to pay is, I'm going to take away the land, and the castle, your title." Basically, everything that you really didn't have, because he never got to actually enjoy it. <laughs> no. It's like he comes back, his wife is murdered, he never actually got to settle in, probably didn't even unpack his clothes yeah. in the castle. And in Yolante, they say, you remember our plan of going to Venice? You, a common man can make it there? And, and Pietro says, you know, dude, I'm totally cool with that because I got my life, I got my love. And I have your friendship because they're still buds. Yeah. Like, I'm going to come visit you. They're going to do boar hunting together. Exactly. You know? So, and they're going to go off and live in Venice, which yeah. is probably a swinging spot yeah. at that. I'd be like, I'm going to Venice. That sounds like the place to be. Yeah. Enough with this fighting and crap. You yeah. know, I'm going to go to Venice. So it ends on a happy note. Which you knew it was. It was. I mean, that's, this was the type of movie where you knew how the end was going to be. It you was, just wanted to see how it got there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're not going to have Pietro sitting off in the country, like, yeah. being bitter. Yeah. With, like, one leg. <laughs> <laughs> I had my chance. 
was a contender. I should have stayed with Elaine. She was hot. She was kind of a bitch, but she was hot. <laughs> so, uh, would you recommend this movie? Let's start with this. I had never seen this movie before. These are one of the movies that we've never seen. This is not a bad. This is not a movie where I'm like, oh, like, plug your nose. Don't ever watch this. Oh. But at the same time, it's not a movie that I'm gonna really recommend that people like go out and, and find or see. I'll, I'll say this: I grew up here in Southern California on Sundays in the '80s. Um, there was a host, Tom Hatton, on local Channel Five, who did the Family Film Festival, and. This is the type of movie, as a kid, that he would no doubt... I'm sure if I went back and looked at archives, this was probably on his show. And he would show these on Sundays, and it was an easy thing as a young kid to watch. And I enjoyed it. As an adult watching it, there's not a lot there. It was great fun seeing Ricardo Montalban. If you're a Star Trek fan, <laughs> is that the point out? You have Khan, Ricardo Montalban, and then you have Count Alessandro Siniscola. That's uh, Michael and Sarah. Kang. So you have two yeah. of the big Star Trek villains in one movie. I knew together. that dude's face was familiar. Yeah, he has a strange thing where he has appeared as the same character in three renditions of Star Trek TV series: Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and the original series. All played Kang. It's not a bad movie, but like, you don't have to go out. It is short. Like, to take something from Michael, like it's hour and fifteen minutes on a. If you can't sleep at night, and this comes across. Like, give it a watch. But you know, there's no reason to search it out. But I have to say, it's not a bad movie. It's not like, oh my gosh, like don't run out and see this. It's just, it's one of these lukewarm ones. I'm glad we covered it. I'm glad I watched it, but yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. After talking about it, I feel like I enjoy it more than when I was watching it several times. Yeah. And What about you? Jason, when we got together today, I started mentioning how I felt, and it's we have very, very similar feelings on yeah. this. And it's not a bad movie. <laughs> what, what works for me is Ricardo Montalban is just charismatic. I'm, and his scenes with Carolyn Jones are really, really fun. I mean, they just wrote some great dialogue, and those two had this chemistry. But I'm, I'm with you. Where it's, if somebody said, hey, I'm going to watch that Saracen Blade, I'm not going to go, oh, don't do it. Yeah. But also, I'm not going to go tell people, hey, you have to watch exactly. the Saracen Blade. That's where I'm at, where it's at. It is. It's the in between. Every movie can't be awesome yeah. or crappy. Yeah. I, I always call it like the ninth track yeah. on the album. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you get to the point. You're like, we need 10 yeah. tracks for this album. And you get like, oh, the, the front of the album is all the hits. The hits are all up. And, and then you're kind of getting to the point. You're like, we got to fill this out. And the bass player goes... I got a song, and everyone kind of rolls around and go, all right, that song you've been trying to put on the album, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not a crappy Absolutely. song, but it's a, it's a we got to fill it out. So, I mean, that's what a lot, that's what most movies are, I think. It's like, you don't have that many. There's thousands and thousands of movies. So, no, I, I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, I'm with you. I have almost the exact same feeling, where it's, it's like, it's not bad enough to be hilarious, it's not good enough to go recommend dude this is you yeah. really really yeah. need to go see this we were talking about this before we recorded that i said i went through our list and i went to movies that i hadn't seen until the podcast yeah. and i was going through them and i went you know i'll see this again i will i've watched this again i'll watch this yeah. again and not that one hell no yeah. i don't know if i'll watch this movie ever again but it's not because i hate it i just went i've I've watched it several times yeah. already. I've seen it enough for a lot Yeah, time. yeah. So I will totally 
the recommend beer. Toasted Coconut Porter. Absolutely. Jubak, New World Brewing. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. This was delicious. I'm glad. I always love to I always love to bring a little home. Oh, I'll add it to the podcast, give you something, because I'm telling you right now, outside of me and a friend, because I brought some more back and shared it with a friend, there's like probably, I'd say, four people in the greater L.A. area who've had this beer. Oh. I'm just guessing. I don't know how many people go back right. to Dubuque, Iowa. <laughs> but it's like you're a very, very select few. Super tasty. Absolutely. And I, I think that about wraps up this conversation. I think that does. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. <laughs>